This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. <laughs> he wants nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody. It's Mark Madden with the Mark Madden Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. We're going to come out of the shoot hot with a top three list, and it is the top three Steelers that can't start next year because they're just not good enough. Number three is Levi Wallace. If Cam Sutton's your number one cornerback, Levi Wallace can't be your number two. Number two is Devin Bush at inside linebacker. It's just exhausting waiting for this bum to come around. At number one, Dan Moore Jr. at left tackle. He's a fourth-round pick and just not good enough. You don't make do at left tackle. It's too important of a position. Now, that's my top three list, but wait, there's more. I'm not crazy about Dotson at left guard, or Cole at center. I'm not enamored with Miles Jack at the other inside backer. He's only been okay. Mollette at the nickel. He's no Mike Hilton. But if you made me list my biggest worry for the coming off season, I'm concerned the Steelers and Mike Tomlin think their offensive line is good enough. And it's not. And they won't make many changes, but they need to. Dan Moore and Mason Cole are not good enough to play left tackle and center for a legitimately good team in the NFL. And Dotson, like I said, he's kind of borderline. So let's bring on Tom Opperman to discuss. Tom, I feel like the Steelers at 7-8 and eight now think they're closer than they are. Yeah, they're not going to make the playoffs this year, even though all people out there are trying to do these ridiculous scenarios and hope the Dolphins lose out and the Steelers win out and they sneak in again. That's not going to happen, but the real concern I, is... I would recite the exact formula, except I feel like it's just, you know, jerking it. I just I just don't think there's any need to do it because it's not going to happen. Then again, we thought that last year. Then again, what had to happen last year was relatively simple. Compared to now. Yeah, compared to what got to happen this year. Exactly. So they're not going to make the playoffs. But the concern is that, 
oh, we're building a lot of momentum for next year. Not much needs to be changed now. Look at how we finished after the bye week when we got to put Kenny Pickett in and give him, you know, 14 days to get his feet underneath him and really come out and excel at the quarterback position. Canada's offense, not that bad. It got a little bit better as we moved on. Well, you sound like Tomlin. This is such a load of horse manure. But that's what they're going to do, and that's no, what no, I'm worried no, no about. Question. And, and the, the scary part is they'll believe it themselves. Exactly. And I, I think that Canada could not have saved his job, except if he came out like gangbusters and they averaged like close to 30 points a game and they did make the playoffs this year. That didn't happen. I mean, people try to think that because they led this great drive against the Raiders, the offense continues to make strides. You can't ignore the fact that they scored 13 points. I know it was negative 10 degrees outside and they were playing on Hoth, but... You scored 13 points, and people are still pointing to that as their example as the offense making progress. Well, I also want to note that momentum doesn't carry over from year to year. It's too long of a span between uh, the last game one year and camp the next year, and there's you know inevitably too many changes on the roster of every team in the NFL, although my fear, as I've been saying, is that there won't be enough changes on the Steelers roster between this season and and next. Now, re- you referred to Matt Canada, Tom, and I originally heard he was going to keep the job, and now I've been told he won't. So, I, I don't know. Uh, better yet, I don't care. But uh, but I got to tell you, even though I think his offense is, is just too elementary and is under criticism by nearly every talking head on, on every sports network, to ask Pickett to learn a new offense and learn all the new terminology... That's asking a lot. I'm not saying that's the only reason you don't change offensive coordinators, but it would give me pause to really think if I wanted to do it. Yeah, absolutely. You've seen it kind of ruin quarterbacks with higher pedigree than Pickett before. I mean, Alex Smith ended up having a decent NFL career, but they jerked him around constantly in San Francisco until Jim Harbaugh got in and brought some stability to the table. And then he finally was able to settle in as a pretty good quarterback in the NFL you don't want to screw around with a rookie. Look in New England right now. Mac Jones has regressed completely this year because Zach Wilson too. Yeah, they then go again, from then jo- again. Danny Dimes with the New York Giants is finally a decent quarterback. It takes some guys more time, and it, and I think it took him time and a new coach to conquer the situation. Yeah, Danny Dimes is the argument for firing Canada because if you bring in the right offensive coordinator, the right offensive mind like Brian Dable in New York, you can see the quarterback really excel even though he's young and you're changing all the terminology and the system around him in just year two. And the dopes listening to this right now are saying, well, Kenny Pickett's better than Danny Dimes or Zach Wilson. Uh, Not when they were drafted. They were considered much better then than, than Kenny Pickett was when he got drafted. Do you feel comfortable saying he's better than Zach Wilson right now, though? Kenny Pickett? I won't go there with Danny Dimes just yet. Um, is is Kenny Pickett playing better than Zach Wilson this year? Absolutely. But that's more indicative. Who would I rather have? Yeah. I'm not sure. You're not sure yet. But it's also more indicative of Zach Wilson just absolutely bleeping the bed this year yeah. than is Kenny Terrible. Pickett playing great. Ter- oh, no. Kenny Pickett, he's in the bottom of nearly every category. But then again, so is Zach Wilson. <laughs> Uh, were you impressed with the win over Vegas? It was just a bad football game, I thought. Uh, it was just an awesome moment at the end to come away with a win in that game. I mean, with the Franco ceremony and obviously the game turning into more of like a funeral feel than like a, a celebration from what it should be before his unfortunate passing, it felt right at the end. And as a fan of the team, it felt good to get that win. But no, there was nothing impressive about it. I mean, maybe you can't really evaluate a game like that because of the weather conditions. 
But eh, you no, know, it, it's the same for both teams. It is, and it just never nothing from that game really impressed me. Aside from that last drive, the last right. drive was something I look at as something. But Pickett that was terrible, a- oh, except awful. for the last drive. And, and errant with a lot of these throws. The accuracy is the thing that you notice far behind everything else. Well, with him. you know what criticism I hear of him a lot is that he can't play fast. Like there's no economy to his game. Like he. He sits back too long, considers, considers, moves, reconsiders, then throws it away. You know, like Baker Mayfield, he had that amazing game for the LA Rams um, when they um, when they killed Denver, and he just bang, 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 bang in the huddle, out of the huddle, quick decision, boom, boom, boom. Oh yeah, and the other defense never had time to get its feet under it. Then again, well, Denver's got a good defense, but boy, what a mess that is. I mean, to fire a coach, Hackett, with this much left in the season, uh, this little rather, that's just, I mean, that shows that they're really pissed off up there, but they should be pissed off at Russell Wilson because that's the worst trade in sports history. What yes. they gave up to get him, two first, two seconds, four players, and then they paid him, what, $50 million a year right. almost, and there's no way to get rid of him. You have to live with them. Yeah, you have to hope that this is a fluke and he just plays better. And I don't see this being a fluke and him just playing better. He showed a little bit of a flash against the Chiefs playing decently, but he looked awful on that Christmas Day game against the the, the Rams. Baker Mayfield looks like he has the brighter future in the NFL than Russell Wilson. If I were Baker Mayfield, I'd sign with L.A. and figure Stafford has maybe one more year and then try to take over there. Stafford? Kind of had the same thing happen to him that Ben had happen to him. Who who knows how long Stafford's going to be able right. to last in the NFL? Right. That injury isn't something that an older quarterback just bounces back from. And he's not a finely conditioned athlete like Ben. Absolutely. He said somewhat sorry. Actually, when I look at Matt Stafford, I think he probably is a finely <laughs> conditioned athlete like Ben. Now, what did you think of my list of players, uh, guys that can't start next year? Yeah, it- uh, Wallace, Bush, and Moore in ascending order that just can't start if they're going to be any better. Well, my first takeaway was there's just no way you're going to get three guys that can replace those three guys in one offseason, I don't think. So I think you're going to be stuck with at least one of them, and I think that one's going to be Devin Bush. Like I, I just don't see how they're going to make a big improvement in free agency or in the draft. Well, is Devin Bush a free agent coming up? Or is he yeah, so year? I think what's going to happen with him is he's going to go out into the market. Oh, no, do the Terrell Edmonds No one's thing. going to want him, exactly, and you're just going to get him on the cheap, and then he's just going to plug right back in as the I starter. I've got to be honest, and boy, think about what it takes for me to say this. I'd rather go with Robert Spillane than Devin Bush. Well, I think the Steelers kind of feel that same way, too. He's been playing every single snap. And if Bush snap. is a backup, there's no point having him because then he'll just be miserable. Yeah, you don't want, you don't need that in the locker room, and he's not that good of a backup anyway that you absolutely need him on but, the team. But I think they absolutely have to not. I mean, if Dan Moore's your That's backup. That's the one that you can't have him start at left tackle. Can't, but I bet they do. I think they're going to go with the same offensive line next year. That's part of the worry because they like to drum up the talking point that the line's getting better. Look at the improvement from the offensive line, and I just don't believe it from that Dan Moore position. Now, the one thing I am interested with Dan Moore is get a left tackle in here, use your first-round draft pick on a player at that position, bump Dan Moore inside at the guard spot, and then that kind of solves your Dotson problem. Put him in the hopper for a position battle, and then maybe Dotson ends up on the bench. That's assuming he'd be a better guard than tackle. Which I think some people have noted he's a better run blocker. So I know a lot of people think could be a really quality backup. And that's not an insult, necessarily. Well, that's what you get when you pick a guy in the third, fourth round, right? Fourth round pick, yeah. I mean, if your starting left tackle is a fourth round pick, you know, if you're expecting more than for him to play like a fourth round pick, you're you're making a mistake. Uh, By the way, who would you rather have play quarterback for you right now, Baker Mayfield or Kenny Pickett? Baker Mayfield. How about future? 
I think Baker Mayfield's in a perfect spot right now. Baker like, Mayfield's I, only 27, you know. Yeah, I, I think he got flushed down the toilet in Cleveland. Carolina stinks. Matt Rule got fired like five weeks into that season there, so he was doomed from the start of this. But he got spot. screwed in Cleveland. Exactly, and then Carolina was awful landing spot. This is perfect, though. I think McVay's offense can be really suited around Baker Mayfield, and you've seen it in the past couple of weeks. The Rams look like they have a pulse for a team that's been dead for a while. Okay, let's go to five guys. What do you got this week? Because I right. have no idea. You forgot to notify me. Or is that the gimmick now? You don't notify Oh, me. I notified you. You must have just missed it on the text Yeah, probably. Uh, five guys today are mean deans in movies, like mean oh. deans from universities. The, the, the number one is easy, but but go ahead. Of course the number one's easy, but we ha- we'll still leave the suspense. Number five, maybe a little bit of a stretch here, Dean Yeager and Ghostbusters. Kicked him out of the university, pulled their funding, told Vankman he was a terrible scientist, and then in turn birthed the Ghostbusters. If you can believe this... I've never watched Ghostbusters all the way through. Really? I, I, I watched a part way through. Uh, I thought it was terrible. Not a Ramis fan, not a Murray fan, fan no, of I'm both of them. I'm a fan of, of all of them. I just didn't think it was good work. Wow. Okay, interesting. All right. I don't know if you've seen this movie either, number four. Dean Richard Van Horn from Accepted. You seen that movie with Justin Long? Oh, I Long? have seen that. Uh, Lewis Black. Yes, exactly. Yes, he's brilliant. It's amazing. But yeah, Dean v- Richard Van Horn, he wants to tear down all the buildings to build the Van Horn Gateway so you can add to Harmon Institute. Especially because he's playing Lewis Black. He's not the dean. That's not the dean I'm talking to. Lewis Black is the dean of South Harmon Institute of Technology, the fake dean that they hire. Oh, he's, okay. He's not mean. He's not a heel. I'm looking at heels here. And he, the dean of Harmon, the Harvard of the movie that well, they rip I, off. I, I remember him very vaguely. He's great, though. Like Lewis he, Black stole the Lewis show. Lewis Black stole the show. That's of not a great movie, except Blake Lively looks tremendous. Ugh. And, uh, uh, and plus, which too, you know what was bad about that movie? The cheap joke, South Harmon Institute of Technology, the initials. Yes. Okay, that was like one time uh, in wrestling, we want to create a new title called the Stu Hart International Title after <laughs> Bret Hart's dad. And believe it or not, Bret didn't spot the joke. So I blew the joke up on TV so they couldn't do it. And they got mad at me, but I knew Stu Hart and I didn't think that was right. That is very low-hanging fruit for that joke, yes. Not, but, not not for wrestling. But this Dean is hilarious. Like, he'll be in his golf cart, and he'll have his his main heel student, like, jogging next to him while he gives him his marching orders. It's tremendous stuff. All right, number three. Oh, kind of like the number one guy on the list, Ted Gregory Marmalart. <laughs> exactly. All right, number three. Put Niedermeyer on it. He's a sneaky little bleep just like you. Not yet, not yet. We're not there yet. Dean Philip Barbie, Barbar, what's his name? Barbay, back to school, Dean of Business. The guy who feuds with Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, oh, the, like real proper guy. They call him Philip all the time in the movie. Who's yeah. banging Sally Kellerman. Exactly. And then Sally and Kellerman then winds up inexplicably because, let's face it, she should have some standards. Now, this movie has deans on banging both. Banging Rodney Dangerfield. Right. They have deans on both ends of the spectrum, though. He's the dean of the business school, and he's the lead heel. But then Dean Martin, the dean of the whole school, is playing. Ned Beatty. <laughs> Ned Beatty is great. because he Thank just Thank loved- you, Dean Martin. <laughs> just- That's like that, that joke. They wear that joke out. It's oh. cheap, but... And they just he just loves Ronnie Dangerfield because of the money he's pumping in. Like, well, did you see the size of the check, though, that he gave the school? It's great stuff. And back to school, William Zapka plays the student heel. Right, right. Can't beat William Zapka. Yeah, and playing the, the heel that William Zapka's played in, in everything. Every everything. All right, number you know, two. You know what's amazing to say? That his acting career found depth in Cobra Kai, which is, <laughs> that's an indictment of something. I'm just not sure what. All right, number two, Dean Pritchard from Old School. Jeez. Didn't we lock you in a dumpster? I got out. Yeah, uh, Piven's great at that. Tremendous. Piven's tremendous. Yeah. Now, now, um, and the fight scene at the end with him and Will Ferrell, 
is so bad it's good and so <laughs> and so obviously jump cut like when they roll down the steps with the stuntmen it's so obviously not them right exactly and like will ferrell thinks he's dying at the end like saying he's so cold and that he can see blue and they're just like you're good big guy he looks like- glorious <laughs> stay with me big cat uh, yeah, but but yeah, Piven's great, and, and the highlight might have been one of the, yeah, cheese. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, you know you forgot one, Dean. Should I get should I get a, a Dean in? See, before I, we go to number one. See, I knew that there was going to be a Dean that I was forgetting, and I wish I could have consulted you on these lists, but I like to surprise you with these. So oh, who's okay. the Dean I'm forgetting? Because okay. we all know who number one. is. Okay, the movie um, Neighbors, starring my my guy crush oh. Zach Efron. And by the way, have you seen Zach Efron since the accident? No, and he got his face rebuilt. No. Well, I hate I hate to be shallow and superficial, but no longer my guy crush. Ooh. Yeah, he he's beat up. He's beat up. Well, he's a great actor though, so his career will still stay afloat. Being sarcastic? No, I think he is a great actor. He's become a great actor. Very funny actor too, in comedic turns like yeah. Neighbors. And maybe they can, you know, what's that CGI? It. I mean, maybe and he looks. He Ugh. looks like just. It, it, I feel bad. I mean, it's just like, you know. But you're right. He's probably established his career to the point and his name to the point. Yeah. But Lisa Kudrow played the dean. Uh, of of that college, I forget the name of the college, That's right. and and her meetings with, with the with, parents, yeah, with, with with the parents, and was that with the fraternity too? Because they like sweet talker, right? Like so, she like loves the fraternity guys, like, and then she can't stand Seth. Rogen. No, she can't stand the fraternity guys at the end either. Really? Because she's even going to them, good headline, bad headline. You know, no, she she's trem- that's a good one. I'd probably actually put that on the list ahead of Dean Yeager just because he's not really in Ghostbusters that much. Yeah, I I, I think Lisa Kudrow was tremendous in that. And then obviously Dean Wormer, number one, Animal House, zero point oh. zero. Oh, and every and not only that, every John Vernon, old character actor, every scene he's in is brilliant. Every single one, like not, people remember the last one, all of them, like like the the best line in the movie, and think about that. That's an all-time great movie for tremendous lines, right? Yes. When he says, the time has come for somebody around here to put his foot down, and that foot is me. <laughs> now, now here's trivia, uh, and, and this is according to the, the script writers, including Harold Ramis, uh, uh, Chris Miller, and the late, great Doug Kenny, the founding editor of yeah. National Lampoon Magazine. Who was Dean Wormer patterned after? I'm not going to know it. You should okay. just tell me. Okay, in, in the words of Doug Kenny... 100% Richard Nixon. That's who they modeled him yep, after. 100%. Complete, complete shadow of Richard yes, Nixon. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Makes sense once you hear it out loud. Yeah, I mean, but but, but that was just, I mean, Dean Vernon Warmer made the movie as much as anybody besides probably Belushi. No, no question. And all college movies have been trying to imitate that since Animal House came out as that lead character. And I'd say the only one on this list that comes close is Piven in Old School. Yes, absolutely. Piven's the only one. In fact, when I first saw Old School, I, I thought at, at the beginning that Piven was kind of patterned on Dean Wormer, but then he turned I out to be- a little bit. Like the opening scene was very, you know, where he introduces himself was very Dean Wormer-esque. Right, but then he just became downright crazy as the movie went on. Uh, okay, well, that's good. Um, let's cut to uh, my my other top three list, which is top three best things about Franco Night. <laughs> Okay. No, I'm being serious. You're laughing. I thought I thought it was great. I mean, I I thought they milked it for all it was worth, but I think they should. I mean, Franco's yeah. an all-time Pittsburgh institution. Uh, number three was Terry Bradshaw's video, and also um, he tacked on some live stuff on Fox right. too. Uh, Terry hit a home run. Absolute tearjerker. People bitched because he wasn't here 
in Pittsburgh in person. What's he supposed to do? Take a day off, Fox? Yeah, exactly. That's not how the industry works. Not at all. And I mean, did you? Ex- I mean, if there was a night, I guess that he would come home. It would be that. But Terry doesn't come home. So yeah, Terry is not enamored of of the. I mean, like I don't think he hates the Steelers, no. the Roonies. Like like at one time he may have, but I just don't think he sees it as this like you know. Every excuse to show up there. Right. He's not getting on a plane. And plus, don't forget, too, he's famous in his own right, you know, because of his media career, so he doesn't have to keep replenishing his ego by coming to stuff like that. That's true. Okay, number two, Cam Hayward carried the number 32 flag and then dominated the game. Uh, Cam's a real stealer. He could play in any era. Any era. 70s, you name it. It's incredible to me that he had kind of a slower start to his season and now has been coming on strong for such an elder statesman, but... He was carrying offensive linemen like they were the Franco flag into the backfield yeah. for the Raiders in that game. It was insane to watch. No, no, he was just brilliant. And like I said, couldn't like he's the one stealer on the current roster that I one hundred percent respect. I mean that I I can't say enough good about Cam Hayward. And number one, uh, the best thing about Franco Knight was the crowd. It was small and cold, but it was fired up and invested. Best stealer crowd in a long time. You know why? The people who don't care that usually do show up. Didn't, didn't show, show up. up exactly, and, and, it, and, it, and it and it just made it like I don't know. There was more seemed like give and take between the game and the crowd. No, the diehards were the ones that showed up to the game for sure. So you felt that energy in the stadium, and for them to be as vocal and as into the game, as boring as the game was, and as frigid as it was outside, it's really incredible that they were still invested like that through a full sixty minutes of the game. And there was some other cool stuff too. Um, uh. Uh, all the players wearing number 32 jerseys to the game. Uh, that was neat. Uh, a- anything you can tack on, Tom? What else did you like about Franco Knight? Well, I think it was, again, we said it earlier, but it was just great that they won the game because how kind of stinky would that have been at the end of all of that if they just ended up losing the football game 10-7 to 7 or something obnoxious like that? Oh, what so an that awful game. Oh, then, until then the again, end, yeah. The Immaculate Reception was an awful game. Exactly. So I mean, it's an awful game. It was kind of cool how the score kind of mirrored it, too. 13-7 to 7 for the Immaculate Reception, 13-10 to 10 for the, the game uh, on that night. What do you think about the NFL Network cutting away from the, the tree? I had no everybody problem with their it. Pants no problem it. with it. I mean, what should they have done? I, I, should they have preempted commercials? Should they have given sponsors their money back? What exactly was plan B? Well, I, I think that what's funny is they act like they cut completely away from it and ignored it. You know, like they showed Art on the stage. They showed Franco's family. They got Art saying, we retire Franco's number. They just didn't get to see the video tribute that they played on the Jumbotron. But, so, but the video tribute and really the whole halftime uh, thing was available exactly. on Instantly. streaming. Instantly. So what's the big deal? See, that's where people just want to be mad. Exactly. They want to feel disrespected, and, and that gave them their chance. And they should be happy because that's what they want to experience, that that feeling of disrespect and being mad. You're right. It's just an excuse to complain about something because they did alter their typical pregame coverage by showing Art Rooney retire the number. They gave you what you wanted. It just wasn't exactly what you wanted. It's never good enough. No, well, that's for sure true. It's never good enough. And now they flexed the Ugh, uh, the, don't the, remind the, me. the Baltimore game to Sunday night, which sucks. That sucks it's for awful. you, right? Yeah, because working the network, you're there till like 2.30 in the morning. It's just yeah. an awful news. Yeah. For no reason either, because... It's still a meaningless game. The Steelers yes. will probably be eliminated by the time I the ball's kicked off. I think they will be. Off. 4.15 on Sunday when the Dolphins end up beating the Patriots. Two is not going to play, I don't think, but 
Patriots stink right now. I think the Dolphins still might be able to beat them without Tua. And Baltimore, they're uh, eliminated. The Steelers Baltimore are not going to matter. Still, Baltimore can still get the division title. Yeah, they have to win. And if they win, no matter what Cincy does, Baltimore has a chance to beat Cincinnati in the final week of the season and get the division. So as long as the Ravens well, the win, they still won now, what, seven in a row. Yeah, but they host Buffalo on Monday Night Football, and what's going to be a great game next week? That will be a great game. I, I, I don't think since he's played remarkably well during the seven game winning streak. I it's like, weird. I, I got a I got a monologue prepared for that for my for my um show on the X Tom. I just don't think there's any good teams in football. Yeah, but Joe Burrow is kind of like that Cincinnati team where you're saying they didn't really impress you, but they just keep winning games. Like you look at Mahomes and he's a marvel to watch, and then you look at Josh Allen and he's just a bowling ball out there, a yeah, linebacker even, playing even quarterback. Kansas City ain't ain't as good as they had been because they lost that explosiveness with Tyreek right, Hill, which is I terrible. I was amazed idea. to see. I forget the number, but but their amount of plays over such and such a yardage is is unbelievably low. And that's no Tyreek Hill. But there's things you point to with those teams and say, wow, he's great at this. With Joe Burrow, he just wins. And that's a stupid... Like, people like to say Kenny Pickett has moxie. And that's a stupid thing to say. But it, it kind of applies to Joe Burrow. Like, he just wills that team to victory. And I kind of feel like the Bengals are going to just end up winning the AFC again just by three Ooh. points here or there. I, I do. I think he's the best quarterback potentially in football. It right wouldn't now. shock me. It looks like they're headed in all likelihood for a... For a second round date with uh, Buffalo, right? I think so. I think they'll beat Buffalo. I think they'll beat Buffalo too, and he's beaten the Chiefs three straight times. So that's right. How about when Tomlin said at his press conference <laughs> that if you don't get games flexed this time of year, you're not doing your job? You know, you're, you're seven and eight, you gas bag. Shut the frig up. That that is just that is an example of how Mike Tomlin is 100 percent full of horse manure. Yeah, and that's going to age like milk when they are eliminated before kickoff because the Dolphins are going to beat the Patriots. Yeah, but what an arrogant thing to say when your team's under five hundred. Yeah, but I, I, I what else is he going to say, right? M- maybe just nothing. Oh, okay. Please so the fifth. What? What's the? What's the saying? Sometimes it's better to keep your mouth shut um, and be thought of as a fool than to open it and remove all <laughs> doubt. Then again, I've ignored that my my whole life. Uh, uh, a couple of news items just before we started doing the podcast, Tom. The Pirates signed Rich Hill, the pitcher. Great. Who is that exactly? He pitched for the Dodgers for a while, I believe. No, I, I can tell you who he is. This will be his 12th major league team. We're supposed to be excited about that. He sounds well, like a pirate, doesn't he? He had a couple decent years, but I mean, yeah. none, none, none recently. Like last year, his ERA was 4.2 something. You know, he just he's just a guy to pitch. That's what he is. But but you know, the Stooges, as we speak, are figuring out a way that this is really good. They're going to have a pretty good rotation. Right, because it's a name that's at least somewhat recognizable because he played on some good teams as like a third or fourth option in their rotation. But he's like Harris in Major League. Like he's now throwing like the Bengay ball up he to the plate. He ain't that good. He ain't that <laughs> Too good. much credit. No, yeah, you're, you've gone overboard there. And also, J.J. Watt announced his retirement. Yeah, that was surprising. Well, no, he's 33 and he's beat up. Yeah, but I thought he'd just keep plugging along for a while because he's that warrior mentality. The Watts never quit. Well, he did, and uh, it's it's worth noting that he, he's three and six in playoff games. Yep, and he never made a Super Bowl. And if I'm not mistaken, he never even made a conference championship game, did he? I don't know if the Texans ever got there. I think maybe the year with Deshaun Watson, they snuck into the conference championship game and then got beat by Mahomes. That's the kind the of thing Chiefs. I could have looked up before bringing. I it think up, he but... did, but he was hurt for most of that season, and he kind of like rallied to come back into that playoff team. He he's one of those guys that's known for stats and awards and and never won. No doubt. I think it runs in the family. <laughs> I think you're right about that. How many playoff wins does TJ Watt have, by the way? None. Oh, None. And he won't oh, get any. Not here. Not here. Three defensive player of the years for J.J. Watt, though. You think he's first ballot? 
probably. I think he's probably first I don't ballot. think he's nailed on first ballot, but I think he's likely. You'd have to look at that class and what it would be like, 2028, when he becomes eligible. And maybe there's some names there that keep him off, but I, I don't know. He burned so bright, and there's no doubt for like a five-year period he was the best defensive player Do you player think T.J. Watt will go somewhere else ultimately to try to win, like ask his way out of Pittsburgh? Yes, but he'll do it like a hero, like TJ, like JJ Watt did. Like JJ, the way JJ was able to spin his way out of Houston was tremendous. Like he, he left like almost begrudgingly, and he's like, "I guess I'll go to Arizona." And he gave like a billion dollars to charity <laughs> in Houston, right? Exactly. Uh, it probably won't happen for maybe another half decade, but I could see. Oh, I don't know. And it, I could see. I don't know. I, don't know. I think I, he'll be here for five I, years. I, at least. I think. I think that if the Steelers miss the playoffs the next two years, he starts making noise. Yeah. Or, or no, he wouldn't make noise. He'd do it quietly. He'd do it quietly. I, I could see that happening because you do want to get a couple playoff wins at least under your belt if you're a caliber of TJ Watt. Yeah, but shouldn't you be able to elevate your team? He can only elevate them to get to the playoffs, like last year. Well, I think and he's then gonna, he gets smoked I, I, by I the think Chiefs. Now he's going to get hurt again and again and again too. It's right around the time when JJ started to break down a little bit. You know, here's something I'm going to talk about. I don't want to go into it too much because I'm going to talk about it on the X show, but uh, but you know. I am convinced now that even though all three Penguins, the core, signed those long-term deals, I am convinced that two or more of them will not finish their careers here. Hmm. I think that they they signed those deals, um, figuring they could make a fist of it these next two years, this year, next year, and then when things start to go bad, I think everyone involved will reevaluate. And then, so they'll be off of... Latang was four years, right? So Latang's... No, Latang was six years. Six years, yeah, right. So... Then you try to trade them after those first two years, you think? You try to move those contracts? Well, he's a free agent after after two years from now. But don't you think he's the one that finishes in Pittsburgh, if any of them do? I don't know. Really? I don't know. Ugh, see, I could not see him playing in any like, of Like, Panger's the one who's least likely to. I because think of once, that long-term contract. Well, I think once the other two retire, you know, if they can get something for him, they trade him. Then again, when he's 39, you know, what's his value going to be? Can can you get a read on Sid though, as far as how long he's going to play? Like I could see him playing into his forties too. Well, I think Sid will play as long as he's a top six. I don't think Sid will pull a Trottier okay. and, and be a third liner on a good team. I just don't. So it won't be the fact that he won't be able to play physically into his forties. He just won't want to at the level he might potentially be at that. But he then just, again, look at him now. Maybe he still will be top six. Oh no, no, I'm not ruling that out either. Right. I'm not ruling out him being a top six for four more years. But uh, but yeah, for the first time though. I think I see that there's a plan there that doesn't involve them being here the whole time. We'll see. That's Tom Offerman. I'm Mark Madden. This is the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Don't forget, and I say this in the spirit of Christmas, bet now from anywhere. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network, betrivers.com, and wherever you find your podcasts. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.